Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome to Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. It is a, uh, this is fun. I love these shows. It's fall camp. There's a lot going on up at Iowa State, and there's a lot to discuss. We do not have Tommy Birch tonight as he's still at home being dad. Shout out to Bodie. Hopefully he's listening. Bodie the, Bodie the baby or Bodie the walk-off Grand Slam home run guy? Bodie the baby. Okay. But the walk-off Grand Slam Bodie is great as well. Yeah. Uh, took down the Expos for me. My Braves need <laughs> There you that. go. Okay. It was big. Um, but no, but uh, I, I do believe we'll have Tommy back next week, and uh, that's awesome. So uh, hope everybody's doing well. Pete, man, it's been a... I love fall camp. Yeah. I love there's uh, you know I don't get up there as much as I used to unfortunately, but there's few things I love more co- than covering fall camp. I think it's my favorite time of year to be a reporter. It it is fun. Um um it's it's there's not a whole lot of intrigue. I think there's storylines galore. There's storylines and intrigue are different. I know, and I don't know where the storylines are other than that we haven't already explored half a dozen times. Because we do it 365 days. But, you know, the the storyline that, that, you know, you and I were talking, that that we both started hearing back in Dallas, that um, Mike Rose would would be in contention to replace Joel Lanning, and then we both heard again, kind of on the sly, in um, What's at, at is- media day, that Mike Rose <laughs> could be, and then last night, it, last night Tyson Veit, the linebacker coach, made it official that Mike Rose, a true freshman, is among three people vying to replace Joe Lanning. The funny part to me is there's a lot of people in the audience who don't know who Mike Rose is. They are, yeah, exactly. Right now, they're going, who, who, who is this guy? He's a true freshman linebacker out of Cleveland, basically. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's an Ohio yeah. kid. They discovered him last year when they were at Akron. Right. That game. Yeah. They went to watch him, offered him. He commits. He played lights out, too, Vite yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Vite yeah. told a great story last yeah, night he, at he the did. availability. Yeah. And I saw you had a column on yeah. it. And, uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, now, let's, let's sift through this because that's what the stories are. That's what they're saying. Do you think that this kid will really start game no. one at middle linebacker? No, and that's I, I wrote that. I mean, it's all well and good. There, um, Veit said that if if the game was today, he has actually said tomorrow. If there was a game tomorrow, that Campbell would have to to decide which middle linebacker it is. Um, that, let, let's let's not exactly throw Orion Vance under the bus. Orion Vance was there in the spring. Yeah, Mike Rose and he's, was it was a senior in high school. Orion Vance is a dude too. Yeah, like just look the the eye test. Yeah. If if like a person didn't know any of their names, there's no numbers, and you had to pick out the five best looking football players, Vance would be He'd one be of them. one of them, yeah. yeah. And then the other guy in contention, Bobby McMillan, didn't even practice in the spring. He was hurt. So Orion Vance, of those three, Vance, McMillan and Rose, Vance is the only one that, that was that was practicing in the spring. Thus the reason we've been hearing we heard all spring that he was the guy playing middle linebacker, not knowing that Mike Rose is out there potentially, and that Bobby McMillan, who's a stud on special teams, could possibly could possibly be the middle linebacker as well. It, it, another interesting aspect of this specific conversation, and it, I think that there'll be some others. I think that the Will McDonald, the defensive end, is going to be in this conversation. Uh, when it comes to just playing true freshman now, 
with the new yeah. redshirt rule. Um, to me, it I, I think it's far-fetched you start a true freshman at middle linebacker when you look at the start of their schedule, right? It's you, the you know yeah. you don't have a month to limp, limp into this thing. Other than, other than Braden Narvison and possibly, possibly Real Mitchell. Yeah, possibly not. You're not going to see a true freshman until at least Akron, because you've opened up against the number three FCS team in the world, South Dakota State. And we all know how, how that the, team that team would have beaten Iowa State three years ago. Oh, or two years ago. Two years ago for sure. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Two years ago. And okay, so they've they've they lost a lot of guys. They've got two guys in the pros. Um, um, their defense. They lost a lot of guys on defense, but they got a quarterback coming back who's 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 decent. Then I then they go to then Iowa State goes to Iowa. Are you really going to throw a freshman, a true freshman, in the mix other than Braden Narvison, the kicker, at at um, at at in Iowa City? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You're going to so that, and then you, you're certainly not going to play them against OU, and so you, that's why I'm saying Akron is the first time you're going to see those true freshmen not named Narvison. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess here the thing for me is it's it's good that they're talking about guys for depth purposes at that specific position. I'd much rather Iowa State go to war with, you know, if Vance is your guy, and then you've got three other options mm-hmm. that you can plug in there. Sutton's played some. I'm just gonna say Sutton got moved from yeah. the middle. Yeah. So um, Northrop is a guy who's not really size wise a middle line. I think we. I think too we. It's kind of like when we're talking about these linebackers, Randy. I think you can fall into the same trap that we we oftentimes discuss during basketball season. It's kind of positionless back there mm-hmm. with the way Campbell uses those guys. It's greatly dependent on matchups. They're gonna, you know, those linebackers are going to look a lot different as far as who that third guy is in Iowa City compared to when they come back and play Oklahoma the next week. It's a matchup-driven deal what Matt Campbell's wanting to accomplish. There are times there'll be two linebackers out there. Many times. I mean, there'll be times when there'll be four out there. I mean, that's why they got that. They have that star position, which is kind of a hybrid, Mm -hmm. a hybrid guy. So you're right. It's it's positionless, essentially. but but Joel Lanning, as far as Iowa State is concerned, Joel Lanning was um, – everybody had their eyes on Joel Lanning. For the first time at, since, I don't know, gosh, Jeremiah George, Iowa, ever, you know, people had their eyes on an Iowa State middle linebacker. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, and now, uh, they, and now so they, that, that, that position is back in the spotlight again. It's a glamour position from the fans, and it's a glamour position anyway. So – that's why people are wondering who's the middle linebacker, who's the middle linebacker. You know, just a little tidbit that that I added to this conversation, and I pinned this today at, at Cyclone Fanatic, but it does sound to me, based off of conversation I, I've had, that Spears, that Marcel Spears, has done a nice job of plugging that leadership role that Joel famously filled on that defense a year ago. Yeah, and Spears and and and. Peavy a little bit also. Yeah, I mean, don't discount him, but yeah, I I agree. And but that you kind of need a guy in that linebacker core to be a vocal yeah. dude, and it sounds like Peavy that Spears, Spears has done that. Yeah, well. no, you're right. That was a concern for me going into the year. Yeah, no, that that's accurate. Um, and it was interesting. Speaking of leaders, the other day that that Campbell or or I think it might it might have been Rashid, um, the defensive line coach last week. These days are running together. Um, I think it was last week said that Jaquan Bailey is becoming a leader. Yeah. What a <laughs> and I went back at him and I said, Jaquan Bailey and leader in the same sentence. That's you wouldn't hear that too often. 
You know but what? He's a guy. It's cool, though. When we got to go to practice, Bailey's yeah. a guy that I had to do a double take at. And I should, and I knew who he was, but I had to go back and he his body looks different. And he, yeah, he 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 he's bulked up. He he has, and I was I just happened to be standing by them by him when they were doing toe touches, um at 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 that practice um and jumping jacks and whatever else they do, he, and Campbell's five yards from him on the football field. I mean, Jaquan Bailey and Campbell are trash talking back and forth <laughs> to the point where you wouldn't, you, you couldn't tape it on the, you couldn't run it on the radio. Oh no! Um, they're going at it with each other back and forth, and that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. really kind of cool. I mean, I mean, so I don't know. You know, that that shows you how how Campbell. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Campbell's not that far removed from from these guys. Yeah, he's 38 years old. Um, but nonetheless, his in his his body, his mind, his makeup, and his attitude and his personality is still somewhat generated geared towards towards the players, and that's kind of cool. Randy Peterson, uh, it's the Des Moines Register Cyclone Insider Program. You can hear us every Tuesday night here on fourteen sixty KXNO. We'll have Hawk Central with Chad Lystico, Mark Emmert coming up tomorrow with my co-host Ross Peterson. Uh, some other fall camp storylines for Iowa State. Uh, let's go back to last week. Uh, the Nate Shieldhouse comments yeah. about Matt Campbell. More or less, uh, Coach Shieldhouse, who's now in charge of Iowa State's running backs, uh, confirming what we thought would be the case, that Matt Campbell would be calling plays this yeah. year for Iowa State. I do think that Campbell and that staff has had a fun time messing with us with the not having a coordinator thing. I, th- I think it's been kind of a treat for them to be able to hold something over <laughs> over the yeah, media to and, an and Right from day one. From day one, and, and it was evident that there was not going to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, From the clear. day that Tom Manning left to go to the Colts, it was evident that, that they weren't going to fill that position, per se. I mean, they weren't. Campbell called the plays last year. Campbell's going to call the plays this year. And it started generating steam. Fans were saying, well, they don't have a, they don't have a coordinator. And, and so it trickled down to, to some people and, and they were asking, asking around about it. And, and, Iowa State never once said that, that that they would hire an offensive coordinator. They said they said that we're doing okay the way it's going right now, and we'll see with 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 Gasser, with with Gordon, with Campbell calling, you know, looking at the plays. Myers involved in there a little bit too. Rashid, yeah. And then Rashid the other night, whatever day that was again last week, Rashid said that Campbell's play calling has has been off the charts good this this fall and so a couple of us looked at ourselves looked at each other in the eye and said maybe that's the first time we've heard that verbatim is that 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 Campbell's calling the plays potentially but but yeah I mean it's 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 been kind of a fun little storyline like you said but um it's time to move on because Campbell's again for the second year in a row at Iowa State at least second year in a row calling the plays do you like that yeah, you good with it? yeah. I mean, he, he. Have you ever noticed? Him? You know, you have fans watch him on the sidelines. He's got this 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 thing attached to his belt. Yeah. Um, and and it fell off once during one of the games last year, and mm-hmm. he couldn't find it. It was funny. I don't know Did whether he freak the, out. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I don't know whether one of the guys hit it from him or not. But yeah, he was freaking out a little bit. But that's not full of of okay. Here I'm gonna you know that that's full of plays. That's full of plays. He know, and he is very, very involved 
in the offensive in the in the strategy for the game. And he's got a mind. He's got a memory like a like a I don't know I I don't know that cliche, but his memory is off the charts. Yeah, just a couple other quick notes, and then we're gonna try and get a hold of Ben Bruns to talk a little offensive line with us. It does sound like the Newell kid from Ames is is securing yeah. himself at the center spot. It's good for Iowa State. It gives them some versatility with Julian Good Jones, who's their their best offensive lineman. Um, do you feel better, worse, indifferent about the offensive line? Where are you at with that as we near the end of fall camp? If I'm an Iowa State fan, I feel I feel um, probably about the same. Yeah, you never want to get too too overblown with an yeah. offensive line. But I still but think yeah, it's the weakest position on the team. Yeah, and that and that's I agree. Yeah, but the, and that's not a bad thing. Um, because the other positions are pretty strong. But if Colin Newell is good enough as a redshirt freshman, never played a snap before, to step in there and replace, um, um, I was going to say Bruns, and replace Julian Good-Jones, yeah, they, they, it, it, that's, that's pretty good. That, uh, that's, that, that, to me, that's, saying, that's a pretty I mean, good deal. Farniak did pretty well there right. as, a, as a redshirt freshman. And it, well, you know, one thing to keep in mind with Newell He's going head to head with Ray Lima every day. Yeah. So if he's holding his own against the Iowa State ones, I would think when they're watching film, that's a decent sign that you think that he'd be able to do it. And okay. he was asked Lima's about, one of the best yeah. nose guards in college football. He was asked about that last night, and he thought he was doing a pretty good job among you know uh, holding his own. And I asked him, and I, I I don't know, I think he got a little offended by it, but but I asked him, I said, "Are you really?" Let me back up. You've I've talked to him a few times, like we all have, and he seems—he's just the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, he's a nice kid, sir. Sir, yeah. yes, sir, no, sir. Yeah. The very thought-out, involved yeah, answers to questions. I looked at him, you know, and he, he he looks apart. I looked at him and I said, "Are you tough enough? Are you mean enough? Are you nasty <laughs> enough to play in the offensive line?" And and he kind of looked at me perplexed, and I'm sitting there. Okay, I okay, I was you know. Good, then you after, got a reaction. Yeah, I got a reaction, and he said, he said, well. I'd like to think I am. I can be that way sometimes. And I said, okay, I was just curious. Um, yeah, so. so That's I, a good sign. You, you know, Campbell's all about versatility. And if you can move good Jones around and they, that left tackle spot, I think, was going to be a problem. Yeah. So I did too. if you can yeah. keep him there, that'll. And the offensive line set. It was set when we, yeah, you know, the, before the. the Mueller, open. left guard, um, Newell at center. Kniffle and Meeker. And Meeker, yeah. Yep. And then you've you've got your guys like Ogie and mm-hmm. Sean Foster and whatnot mm-hmm. and the twos. All right. Speaking of offensive line, nobody knows it better than Ben Bruns. He's an analyst for the Cyclone Radio Network, All American Center, former All American Center at Iowa State. We're gonna try and call him. We're gonna see if we can get a hold of him next. He's here. flying somewhere, so yeah, so it's fifty fifty that we get him, but we're gonna give it a shot here. On 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register. Powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, guys. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Of course, we hang out with our friends from the Des Moines Register every Tuesday. And uh, let's go to uh, another friend of mine, Randy. He, He joins us right now on the phone. His name is Ben Bruns, and he knows more about the offensive line than anybody I've ever met. He's an offensive line guru. You need to get out more, Chris. Hey, nobody watches the line, and and, and that's a real problem with football because it's the most important part. But, like, you know, casual fans aren't just watching the line. Casual fans aren't. And that's what you do, Bruns. You watch the line. 
Yeah, and you know, uh, it, it, it'll be really interesting to me. I mean, I've said this the last several years as as the offensive line will go, uh, so will the team. Um, you know, statistically, last year, Iowa State, uh, one of the absolute best pass-protecting units uh, in the country and one of the absolute worst run-blocking units in the country uh, last year. And, you know, if you look at yardage output and the success that everybody else had around it, it's, it's frankly uh, amazing. You know, what David Montgomery did uh, last year at, at the running back position is amazing given those stats. Um, but part of it is when you've got a, uh, an offense that can hurt a defense uh, throwing the football, you, you have the opportunity to uh, get some gaps and get people spread out a little bit. And uh, Kyle Kempt in particular aided that running game as the season went along because he had the ability to get it out so quickly. Ben, what's this tell you about the offensive line at Iowa State when they're moving um... – a guy who was planted in the middle could have started there the rest of his life. Julian Good Jones to left tackle. What's that tell you about the offensive line? Well, I think it says a couple things. Number one, I think it says it's a tribute to Julian that he's that good of an athlete to be able to do that. Uh, I was never that kind of guy. We had a couple guys while I was playing that that could do that, um, and and did. Uh, ben Bodette was one of those guys that, that played both inside and out. Um, Bob Montgomery uh, was a guy that played uh, inside and out while, while I was around playing. Um, but most guys can't do that, right? And um, Julian, at his height, it, it, it's hard to be a center at that height. You have to have super good leverage. You have to have super. Uh, you have to have a super quick head to be able to get across uh, across people's face. Uh, you know, it's a wrestling match in there at center and. Uh, the taller you are, the harder that is. I, I like this move for Iowa State. I like the fact that he's moving to the outside, um, and I think it tells you a lot about his athleticism uh, to be able to play that left tackle spot. I do think it also says that uh, Iowa State's not as deep at tackle as they want to be mm-hmm. yet, um, but a whole bunch of talented young guys in the system. Um, it is just a question of figuring out where can they play um, fastest. You you led me right to my follow up right there, Ben. And that's let's look at the right tackle spot with Meeker, and it looks like Foster would be backing him up at this point. How do you analyze that? I mean, Meeker seems like a solid road grader type guy to me, but he's never really quite hit his full potential yet. Still, you know, a guy in development the last couple of years. And Foster, yeah, you know, Foster kind of got thrown in there last year. How do you analyze those two? Well, I think both those guys got thrown into it. I mean, think about, you know, think back to uh, Meeker's first game against you and I uh, back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard freshman out there um, playing against a good interior defensive front. And it's hard, man. No, nobody, you know, um, uh, nobody gets how hard it is uh, to play offensive line as a freshman. And, you know, both of those guys are guys that have done it successfully, um, but you're not going to win all your battles, right? In, in when you grade offensive line play, uh, typical uh, performance, uh, a winning performance for an offensive lineman, depending on who's who's doing the grading, is somewhere between seventy and eighty percent of the time you're getting your job done. All right, ninety percent of the time is a championship level performance. So, statistically, all five guys getting uh, everything done play after play after play is really challenging. And that's why elite units like Notre Dame had last year 
are few and far between in today's college football. And I think um, the younger a guy is, the harder it is for him to consistently win those battles. And that's what you saw with both of those guys. The good news is they've got a year more experience. They've got a year more in the weight room. They, they, the game actually slows down for you. I remember as a young guy playing, um, man, everything was moving so fast, and you're, you're barely being able to figure out your assignment, much less uh, think ahead to where that defensive lineman, what's the biggest threat? What could happen? Is that linebacker going to blitz? Um, and, and Iowa State's scheme last year asked those guys to read the defense a lot. There are schemes that don't demand that of you. Iowa State scheme did. And when it broke down, it broke down on the fact that we lost individual battles at the point of attack. I think you'll see Iowa State this year try to do more um, double-team concepts that uh, are less um, – less. There, there's less reading the defense required, but defense can dictate to you less uh, what it is you're trying to do. Um, but – it may not be as dynamic uh, because now all of a sudden the defense runs a game and they take something away from you. But I don't think you'll see guys getting hit in the backfield uh, like you did last year several times. You know, David Montgomery makes something out of absolutely nothing uh, like a magician. Hopefully that's not the norm this coming season. What about Colin Newell moving in there as a, as a redshirt freshman, Ben? What are your thoughts on that? That's tough, man. It's tough. You know, I, I like I said, I mentioned some names before of guys who played uh, as really young guys, and and uh, you know, there's a handful of others. Uh, Aaron Brant's a guy that played a ton as a uh, that we've seen over the years uh, as a as a super young guy. Um, you know, Good Jones, same same story, right? Uh, Farniak comes to mind, Ben, just because the Farniak, same position. Absolutely. Yep, you're right. Um, great point. So you know, the, the sad news about. Uh, it's both sad and energizing at the same time, right? Um, as a freshman offensive lineman, you put a ton of miles on your tires early if you play a lot. Um, now, by the time your career's done, you, you're you salty dog, man. You, you are uh, a really good player. Tom Farniak's a great example. Um, but it, it's hard. And so I think um, I'm excited uh, to see Newell play. You know, he's a guy that's progressed Ter- uh, terrifically fast. Um, Mueller's another guy that's, that's got a, a great camp, and I think it's going to be a, a brawler for, for the Cyclones. Um, but let there be no mistake, uh, he is going to play against some of the best in college football at that center spot. And, uh, you know, that TCU matchup will be will be really, really interesting. Uh, the Texas matchup will be really interesting. And, and uh, can you win 70 70- 70, 75, 80% of the time. If you can, Iowa State's going to have a heck of a season. Uh, Ben, last question, and let's stay with the theme of the trenches. You know, I think one of the positions that Campbell has recruited the best, and we haven't really seen the fruits of this labor yet, is at tight end. I think they have three really nice players there who all kind of have different strengths. And there's so much more to that position than catching passes, obviously. What what are you expecting from that group now that Kolar's in the mix with, you know, Saner and and Chase Allen both having a year under their belts? Yeah, I, I, I get excited because I feel like uh, Iowa State can attack the edges of the defense in a lot of different ways. Um, but I, I still feel like that group is constrained by the performance of the interior part of Iowa State's offensive line, right? 
uh, if if we can get guys blocked at the point of attack to start with, um, then we can really make something happen. And, and um, I would say its run game offense last year was tremendously creative uh, in its offensive attack and using uh, those guys uh, at, at the point of attack. Um, I think you'll see that again this year, and I think they'll be that much more effective. But we also have to be able to get the first guy uh, off, off uh, uh, to the play side from the center blocked. Got to get him blocked and got to keep him blocked in order for them to have a chance to really have the impact in the running game that you expect. Done. But I think the passing game, um, you're going to see Iowa State hurt teams in a lot of ways. Um, I'd just like to see Iowa State have a good enough running game that play action is a legitimate threat all the time. If that could happen this season, watch out because uh, Kyle Kemp and, and uh, the wide receiving core and those tight ends are really, really skilled. Ben, get back to whatever you were doing in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Thanks for taking some time, pal. Thanks, Benny. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate All right, buddy. Ben Bruns uh, from the Cyclone Radio Network. Of course, he's a former All-American center at Iowa State. And I love talking to Ben because Ben – uh, again, Randy knows the offensive line in a way that you and I just simply do not. And he can and he can can relay it too, yes. yeah. Without getting all kind of, he did a twist here and they did a twist yeah. there, and you you yeah. you know a double twist and a triple twist. Really and, good stuff. Yeah, so he's good at that. Interesting week last week with the Iowa State wrestling program. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, we don't talk wrestling in August very often. But we are going to do that next. We're going to bring in Cody Goodwin. He he covers wrestling for the Des Moines Register. Uh, to, to catch up our audience who may not have heard the news last week, and Ross and I did spend some time on this on, on Friday, but Iowa State kind of, it, you know, it seemed unless you're a wrestling insider, it seemed like they abruptly fired Mike Zadick, Kevin Dresser's assistant coach. And just, just a lot of questions to be asked about this story, and, and Cody's... Um, our guy on the ground with wrestling. He's yeah. going to join us next. Uh, it's Cyclone Insider. We've got the Cardinals and the Nationals coming up at 620 here on 1460 KXNO. Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-Mig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider. We're uh, with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Appreciate uh, getting Ben Bruns on in that last segment to talk offensive line with us. Ben is the best in the business when it comes to analyzing that position group. Uh, if you're if you're just joining us, Tommy Birch is still out. He uh, he's with Bodie, little Bodie Birch action. Shout out to them. Tommy will likely be back with us here on Cyclone Insider a week from now. Of course, we'll have the call up later on in the week that will come up on Friday. And Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register will be tomorrow. Chad Lysico and Mark Emmert will join up with Ross Peterson. We teased this, Randy, uh, at the end of the last segment that we wanted to get Cody Goodwin on to discuss this Iowa State wrestling drama. Is that the right that's word? a perfect way to put it. It's a perfect word. Uh, and Cody Goodwin joins us right now. He covers wrestling for the Register. Cody... Uh, what what do we know right now as to why Mike Zadick was fired from Iowa State? Um, There's a lot of speculation. What do we know? The, okay, so what we do know, 
Um, first off, not only do I cover wrestling for the register, but I'm also crusading to have Tommy Birch shave his beard. Oh, okay. Um, so I just well, I, would, I would like to get at that that out there because There's I'm sure be bugs in that. I'm thing. sure he's probably listening. I you know there was a rumor um, going around that maybe he was keeping it long for Bodie to just grab you know <laughs> because I guess it I, like tickles him or whatever. I'm Bodie. I'm do, afraid of it. Do you remember about a year ago when I I I was trying to get Tommy to get some oil and to like brush that thing? I don't pay attention. Yeah. Dude. I'll take your word <laughs> you for it. Ignore what I'll Tommy take your word for it about. when you talk it's about like personal a, hygiene. It's taking on a life of its own. Like if ZZ Top's beards, like those guys, if their beards had a kid, a it, it, beard? Would, it would be like Tommy Birch's beard. Not quite Zadok's beard. Um, Zadok did one, have a great... Oh, he still does have a great beard. It's oh, it's just phenomenal. We won't be seeing it as often. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> what good, happened there? Good, good segue to get back yeah, to wrestling. Um, okay, so what did happen was, you know, last week, Dresser announced that Zadok um, was dismissed from the program. He cited... Uh, what, quote, significant differences of opinion, end quote. He really didn't give much more detail other than that. So Zadok reaches out to me and I guess a couple others yesterday, um, a little before 7 o'clock, with a statement of his own that basically said more or less the same thing. He added a few more... Um, Maybe not details, but, you know, just some context, I guess, basically about, you know, his coaching style and how he's not going to back down from that. Um, and that maybe, you know, just the way he kind of approached his job is the reason that kind of led to some of those differences of opinion. And that's why he was dismissed from the program. So I there was there I, there's there's some intriguing parts to this story. Um, still, like you mentioned, a lot of questions still not yet answered. Um, you know, you could probably use the word drama. Uh, interesting situation um it's the timing of this is really odd and the story as a whole is just kind of weird cody where the a couple of interesting parts of of zadik's statement but one of them where said that where he had a difference he's the the senior associate head coach whatever whatever he is he's he's dresser's top guy and he was having maybe i'm reading between the lines here differences there were differences of opinion among coaches in the room and and it just came to a head am i reading between the lines way too much that it came to a head more so than just an argument over beers having over you know having casual over beers no i think there's it's it's good it got worse both statements kind of alluded to that you know something was building here something was bubbling up i mean to read from zadik's statement um you know, here's what he said. My position as associate head coach required that I devote my best energies and abilities to the exclusive benefit of ISU. Um, even with the current developments, I can rest easy and believe that I accomplished that goal. Coaching and leadership come in many styles and forms, and there will be differences of opinion from one coach to the next. I was hired as the associate head coach to bring my coaching style and form to ISU. My coaching philosophies were known prior to my employment with ISU, and they did not change during my employment with ISU. That's straight from Mike Zadick in a statement that he sent me. So you got to think that somewhere along the line they just they butt heads a little too much literally or i wonder you know you know wrestlers better than, wrestling coaches <laughs> better than we do you know that mentality Absolutely. you're part of that mentality or yeah. you used to be back when you wrestled you're uh, uh, you know i don't think you could do that now but but maybe don't, you don't, could. don't sell me out man. <laughs> maybe you could but <laughs> but do you think it could have got physical among assistant coaches um, I, I mean, I can't say that it can or it can't, yeah, but okay. I, you know, it, it, it could have, you know, but I, at the same time, wow, you know, we don't know. That, I'd pay to see that. We, oh uh, yeah, right. You know, oh watching, my gosh. I mean, we all, you've got all Americans, yeah, every, multi, every, multiple every, all Americans, national champs. Every, I mean, Zadik was on the Olympic team. Every wrestling room in the country has all Americans on it. I would pay to see that. Yeah. So, I mean, you, 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 I, I mean, I'm not sure if there was, you know, specific yeah. confrontation, but, and I'm probably alluding way too much here, but this, yeah. This fascinates me, though. <laughs> like, I was saying. Well, because 
you know, kind of as an outsider and you're watching this program build, and I, you know, I've I've gotten to be really excited about Iowa State wrestling in the future. You should be. Maybe we'll touch on that later yeah, on, but it, you should be. Yeah, we will. But like, I I guess I was under the impression like Dresser gets the job, and like objective number one is to get Mike Zadick. Was that is that accurate? Because it seemed to me like those guys were just a tandem, like a tag team kind of. And like, if any of the coaches were to leave. For whatever reason, I, I would have guessed Zadik would have been the last one. I thought he was like a dresser loyalist is how I kind of to always an, interpreted it. Maybe an, I was wrong. To an extent. I mean, Zadik, Dresser brought Zadik out of retirement, so to speak. Yeah, Zadik, he was like living in the woods, right? Living in the mountains in Montana. Yeah. Um, that's where he grew that fantastic beard. Yeah. And so he kind of pulled Zadik out of retirement, so to speak. Um, and Zadik was not the top assistant at Virginia Tech, but I think he started as a volunteer assistant and then was actually put on as a full-time assistant. Um, and so he, he's a great technician and, and dresser, you know, admitted as much in his statement that there's really nobody, um, you know, that's, that's probably saying too much, but there, there are not better teachers of the sport of wrestling and the technique and kind of what you do day in and day out on the mat than Mike Zadick. I mean, he's great at it. He was great at it when he coached at Iowa for a decade. He was great at it at Virginia Tech for the two years he was there. I mean, he's, that's partially the reason why Virginia Tech won a trophy in 2016, Mm -hmm. um, top four at the NCAA wrestling championships. And that's also part of the reason why Iowa State just simply wrestled better by the end of the season last year. I mean, they went eight and 10. They weren't very competitive to start with, and then they won a handful of duels. And next thing you know, they had some momentum rolling they only qualified one wrestler for the ncaa championships but as a team they were just demonstrably better and part of that is just because they wrestled better and a lot of that credit goes to zadik because when dresser brought him in he was told to run the practices every day so um a couple where do they where do they go from here i mean he's obviously got a spot to hire where where's dresser at on like the hierarchy of college wrestling coaches and how how attractive of a job is this at this point in the season? He's proven. Um, you know, he he took Virginia Tech from a program that really wasn't as big of a wrestling hotbed and turned them into a destination spot. They're not quite Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, those types of programs, but Virginia Tech's consistently a top 10 program and that's because of Kevin Dresser. Um you know he's he's I mean he's he works kind of more as a CEO than he does as a head coach. He likes to put people in spots and let them delegate, which is why he kind of let you know he was in practice. I'd, I'd wager to say ninety five to one hundred percent of the time um, in Ames, but Zadik ran the show when yeah. they were inside the practice room. That was that's that was kind of the deal when Dresser brought him along. And so I think right now uh, he mentioned in his statement, I haven't gotten a hold of him since this, so I'm just this is what we kind of have to go off right now is that St. John and Metcalf. Um, were both moved up to, um, along with Dresser, help fill the roles that Zadik was doing day in and day out. Um, and right now I think they are looking f- to fill that third role. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But if they do, I believe that third role will be a volunteer assistant, which is what Metcalf was last year. Is it too pedestrian to say that Kyvan Gadsden would be good for that job? Um, I, that's an intriguing, that's an intriguing name to throw out there because he's, he's still competing, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's still an athlete with the Cyclone Regional Training Center, which means he's still getting paid to wrestle, um, you know, and he's doing some other camps and odd jobs here to kind of, you know, roll up some money so that he can, you know, still compete. Um, it would be interesting to see him on staff. Um, he's got the personality to probably be a great recruiter, you know, and whenever his competitive career is done, whenever that is, um, you know, I could easily see him making the transition to being a volunteer assistant or assistant coach somewhere down the line, even at Iowa State, really. Um, but that's an intriguing name to throw out there. It's, it's, it's kind of hard for those volunteer assistant positions because that's usually where guys kind of break into the coaching profession for Division One wrestling. And so, like, we may see, you know, somebody mentioned, I think, Tony Ramos not too long ago, but he's kind of entrenched at North Carolina right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it will be kind of interesting to see. I've heard that he's he being dresser is already making some move moves on some names, but I don't know what the names are yet. Anything up with maybe you answered this and I missed it. Anything up with what Zadik's going to do? Uh, I asked him. He said he currently has uh, no idea where he's headed next. Okay. Oh, that's so he could be back in the mountains. I, as far as I know, I'm assuming that's where he's at right now. Just back so, in Montana. Just probably just hanging out. I, he had a project at that home in the mountains that I guess he hadn't finished when he, he was building was, a bed or something. Was yeah, he, when when something when like, he got hired at Virginia Tech, like he left a project just kind of yeah. sitting there with the hammer by the side. So he might go yeah. back and finish that while he waits. Uh, Cody Goodwin joins us talking Iowa State wrestling here and the the drama from last week. Does this impact the future of the Cyclone Regional Training Center? Um, maybe. I, that's kind of hard to tell at the moment because I think well right now they they had already lost um, Earl Hall who's a yeah. former Iowa State. I wrestler. saw him tweet that, which is why. I asked. Yeah, he. I mean, you could see maybe a couple more. I, you know, I, they they don't have too many wrestlers on staff, so to speak, yeah. at the Cyclone Regional Training Center. So I want to say it was Earl Hall, Kyvin Gadsden, and Ben Durbin. Um, you know, there might be a couple more, but um, that's totally separate. I think from you know Iowa State the program and how the operations are run. You know, they actually brought in Nate Carr, who's David Carr's dad, to help run the Cyclone Regional Training Center. And you know, the wrestling coaches uh, Metcalf, St. John, Dresser, they all play a role in you okay. know, obviously coaching a lot of those guys. So you maybe I, I'm not sure if Gadsden or Durbin will leave along with Hall, but. Um, you know, I mean, that's a factor, too, because Dresser also helped with those guys and their technique. I guess I was reading into it because it seemed to me like the, the Hall, Hall tweeted that he was leaving right around when the, the Zadik stuff was happening. So I didn't know, like, how closely those events could have potentially been tied together. They could be. I mean, whatnot. yeah, I don't, I've not talked to Earl Hall about it. Maybe that's a phone call I should make. Okay. Um, Cody, an Iowa State fan who is, you know, let's say they were really excited about wrestling. Like, should this... Should this temper things? Like, what? How should a casual Iowa State wrestling fan view the future of the program after last week's news? I think you should still trust uh, Kevin Dresser. I don't think he's given you a reason yet to not trust him. He's got a proven track record that he's been able to turn programs around. Um, it, it it took a little while at Virginia Tech for them to you know get to that you know consistent top five, top six spot, and eventually win a trophy in 2016. Um, and he knew coming to Iowa State that it was going to be kind of a project. I will tell you this: they're they're going to be a lot better team next year than they were um, this past year, um, which is that, that. I mean, that's. You should be excited about that if you're a casual Iowa State wrestling fan because they're, they're going to be a lot more competitive. They're going to be a lot more fun to watch. They're going to have a lot more characters in the lineup um, that are just going to be better wrestlers, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch how they compete this next year. So I think until you really see kind of, a, you know, if, if if kids start to leave because Zadik left, which which may be a possibility. I'm not saying that defections are coming, um, but that is something to monitor here over the next couple months. You know, would are kids going to leave? Um, will you see the wrestling take a hit? You know, the, all the on the mat product take a hit. Um, I think until we start to see some of that, you, you you should trust Kevin Dresser. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. So let me let me go to the the logical next step. Then, does Iowa State suffer any from the recruiting? Did Zach do a whole lot of recruiting, or was that? You know the other guys. Uh, Dresser was the lead when it came to recruiting guys, um, but I will say this: I mean, uh, Zadik is from Montana, and so is uh, Jarrett Dagan at 149 pounds, who was um, Iowa State's only NCAA qualifier. He got to the round of 12, which is one win from being an All-American. Um, they also have another Montana recruit, Charlie Kleps, who is a four-time Montana State champ, who's coming in. How do you know all this stuff? Uh, because it's my job, right? Okay, <laughs> it's kind of like, like you talking about the three deeps in football. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, yeah. Sorry. So I mean, and I know that Zadik was a favorite in. 
outside the room. I mean, I've, yeah. I've talked to a couple different wrestlers. Favorite, yeah, who were, I yeah, liked him. He was, I mean, he was really upset to see him go. I mean, it was the same thing when he left Iowa. There were a lot of Iowa wrestlers in the room at that time that were really upset that he left. What do you think the Iowa guys are thinking right now? Probably just sitting back and laughing. I mean, they, they've had a heck of a summer recruiting, and they, they just came off a third-place finish where it looked like they're on the rise. Because, I mean, these guys are all – I mean, I know, I know they talk to Bluster and, and you know, that, that they hate and everything, but these guys are all – these guys are all – Meshed, you know they're they're meshed together. They're, yeah, they're extended family. I mean, I mean you guys, guys, I mean you guys, are, so. you guys know this from covering Iowa State football and basketball. I mean, the coaching fraternity at Division One athletics is very small, very it's much, even, and it's even yeah. smaller in a sport like wrestling where there's not that many Division One head coaching jobs. And so, like you know, I'm sure people I, there are pro- the coaches at Iowa probably know more than I do at this point in time. Um, you know, just because of the fraternity sure. and how it's built. But yeah, I mean, it, but I guess back to your question, you know, could we see defections? Maybe, but at, at this moment, I, I'm not anticipating it. So, so Zadik, in his strength as a coach is on the mat, technique, development, right? Yes. What, what do we know about St. John and Metcalf? Like, what do they, what do they thrive at? They, I, Metcalf's a, pretty similar. I mean, he's okay. worked a lot with Austin Gomez this summer, who is um, slated to be Iowa State's starting 133-pounder. He's on the junior world team, so he's going to go to Croatia, I believe, next month, um, where he's going to go wrestle for a junior world title, which is big, um, because I can't remember the last time an Iowa State wrestler made a world team before. Um, so that's really big just for the Iowa State brand and for the program to say, like, hey, these are the kind of athletes we want here. These yeah. are the kind of athletes we have here. Come join us. Um, so, you know, I know he's worked a lot with him. I know Metcalf has worked a lot with a handful of other wrestlers in and out of the lineup. St. John is good with the middleweights because he wrestled 157 when he was at Iowa. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where his forte is. Zadik, I mean, Zadik could teach anybody. And that was, you know, I, I, you know, I know Gannon Gremmel, one of the heavyweights is, he was a big fan of, uh, Mike Zadik. And so, you know, that's a heavyweight and Zadik wrestled 149 when he was a senior. That's the, I mean, that's the kind of, uh, relationship he was able to build with some of those wrestlers. I mean, same thing with Ian Parker at 141, same thing with Chase straw at 157 i mean he was able to kind of relate techniques to guys no matter what weight they wrestled um so can all three of those dresser st john and um metcalf fill that void um yes but you know at the same time you know what zadik was able to bring i don't know that they're going to maybe bring that exact expertise right off the bat pete you got anything else on this i uh, yeah i I, my mind's blown away on man yeah i i love the just the, whole, the characters and just all the storylines yeah, of wrestling. It, whole, I, I, I'm really excited for the season. I, that, yeah, I, I really uh, am. I'm, but, I'm really starting to get into this. Wrestling and so much in other sports. Okay, wrestling's the, the ultimate gladiator sport. Okay, I get that. But I mean, my gosh, I was li- right after, shortly after Dresser was hired, I was listening to a, an audio of the annual thing they do in Waterloo, whatever it's called. I mean, and they're going at each other up there. I mean, it's like a, it's like it's a weigh in at a at a at a big time like a a big time thing. fight. Yeah. yeah, it's like a weigh in. Those guys are going at each other up there. I mean, Dresser didn't hold back, you know, about Love his it. about his thoughts on the University of Iowa when he came here. I really don't think that's all bluster. I really think that's true. That you know, that's that's ten percent bluster and ninety percent ninety percent accuracy. Into the the match last year when Iowa State had just gotten killed. Yeah. And Dresser goes up on the stand and like pissed that they forfeited. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, this whole wrestling thing—I got to get into this. It's I, great. I you should. It's going to—it's going to be. I know I kind of mentioned this earlier, but it's going to be a really fascinating year for Iowa State, just because they're going to have better wrestlers in the lineup. They're going to be a lot more competitive this year, and it's going to be intriguing because I. 
Iowa State and Iowa are going to see each other right out of the gate this year instead of in February. So that that duel, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in saying it's going to be a little bit closer this year than it was last year. That's good. I I like it when they wrestle early. I do too. Although I, at the same time, like I covered the state wrestling tournament, the Iowa High School state wrestling tournament cool. last year. Yeah, and so because everybody was still in Des Moines yeah. and the duel was in Ames, That's a like good point. that was I mean, that was the biggest wrestling attendance in Hilton since I think two thousand and nine. So are they gonna do that every year that it's in Ames? Is that gonna be a thing or is I don't it just know. coincidental I, that this year it goes back early? I think it was just coincidental because by the time Dresser and his staff had come in, I think they were still trying to piece okay. together the schedule and that's just when they could get Iowa. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm going to go to some of those Friday night ones this year and just check it out. It's it's uh, it. it's, it's, it's going to be fun. They're going to be a good team this year. All right, Cody. Thanks, man. Thanks, Appreciate Coach. your time. Thanks for having me. Uh, okay, Cody Tommy, Goodwin. cut your beard. We we uh, <laughs> we got a lot accomplished today on Cyclone Insider. Coming up tomorrow, Chad Lysico, Mark Emmert. They will hop on with Ross Peterson. But coming up next here on KXNO, it is the Cardinals and the Nationals. Uh, enjoy the night. We'll hand it off to Mike Shannon. Here on 1460 KXNO.